Father, thank you for this beautiful day. And thank you that we can gather in person. In person. Oh, Lord, what a gift. How spoiled we have been. And uh, so, Lord, thank you for this beautiful spread of sunshine and the peace. And, Lord, we ask you, I just ask you for the grace for each and every one of these moms now to um, receive from you today what you want to communicate to them, what you want to gift them with um, the, at the levels of both peace, all peace and inspiration and also um, grace to do the doing, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment and sensitive, obedient hearts, God, be theirs in Jesus' name. Amen. And then what I want you to do is just real quick, take a, take a pencil or a pen or something, and I want you to order what I've just given you in this order so that we can move smoothly. We've got, so it should be in this order. Are you ready? It's gonna be overarching perspectives, personal life coach formation plan, master plan, meal plan, routines, intentional parenting grid, parenting quick fixes, character traits, education is a life curriculum guide, academic growth accomplished, and that's it. Okay, I think. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to start out with probably maybe less than 10 minutes worth of um, comments and thoughts that I want to just submit to you, and then we'll go on and talk through practicalities, and so feel free to ask any kinds of questions along the way, whatever, okay? So um, the greatest benefit, the greatest benefit to your children is homeschooling over the long haul and I think that's really important for you to think through um, a year of homeschooling a few years of homeschooling will be nice but if you're looking to have the profound benefits of homeschooling um, you're gonna need to view it not as just a good option for schooling um, you know for this year or for the next year or something but to embrace it as a lifestyle that's integral to your parenting philosophy. And that's a real different switch. That's, there's not a lot of people who are homeschooling inside of an actual philosophy of parenting, which you guys have, and that's a really strong base, right? So what I want us to focus on today are things I think can help empower you to succeed for the long haul. Um, in 35 years, I have seen many many people good families good parents with a heart to homeschool who couldn't stay the course for lots of different reasons some of what we'll talk about right and i've seen a lot of really wonderful wonderful christians moms and dads who have stayed the course to homeschool over the long haul and it has been a grueling miserable experience for them that has put a strain on their marriage that has put a strain on their families where they it's not gone well probably better than if they had jumped ship but not much and and so i've seen the gamut of that and none of those do i want you to fall into right 
So we're going to talk about if you know if you don't. And one of the things we'll mention is, hey, if you're going to stop homeschooling, my recommendation is that you stop on a high because God is telling you to do something else. Don't ever be driven out on a low. And we'll talk more about that. But I've seen I've seen a lot of people be driven out because they just hit these these points. Right. We'll talk about why. Um, when I read that, I was like, oh. but if I was on a high, I would never stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, how you, stay the you will, if God, no, I, it, interestingly enough, you won't stop if you're not supposed to stop. But if you are told to do something else with your child, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. But you won't hear in a low, you know? So, we'll, we'll talk a little and bit more about that. Everything, church, etc. Yes, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Okay. Um, all right, so first of all, you need to believe some things. <laughs> so you need to believe that homeschooling is not just a cultural option to avoid some bad influence on your child. Is it? Yes. But is that all it is? No. So you, you have to believe that it's not just this cultural option. It's not just a way to become a closer family as good as that is, it's not merely an option for a better academic experience for your child, which it probably will be, right? It's not just a nice thing for you to do for your kid. You're going to need to understand that homeschooling as a powerful opportunity, you need to view it as a powerful opportunity that God has provided for you. God has provided for you this opportunity to raise your child to be solid in their faith and profoundly effective in releasing the kingdom of God in their growing sphere of influence. And you probably remember in parent coaching, we were talking about what is the definition of a successful life. And I was suggesting to you, you know, among options, but, but a very good definition of a successful life from God's perspective is that you have raised up an, a child an adult, into an adult who can release the kingdom of God wherever they go. That's our view of what a successful life is, right? So this is a powerful, homeschooling is a powerful opportunity God's providing for you to, as a leverage to reach that goal, right? You're going to need to see homeschooling as a way to live out your philosophy of parenting. That is the best way for you to raise a child who's born fully a person so that every capacity they have for good can be, be developed into a power, into a strength, right? So this is inside, this, this is the best way you're gonna view this and say, this is the best way for me to handle schooling inside my philosophy of education, which includes this view of what my goals are with my child. You, need, you see that each of the 20 principles Charlotte Mason outlines can best be achieved in a homeschooling environment. Do you believe that? You know, if you believe that, you're going to have power to stay the course, and, it, and you'll be able to course correct to accomplish your goals. Believe that you are the formative adult God has appointed to be near and dear to your child because you hold that appointed office given by God and with the office he will give you the grace and everything you need to succeed at it right so there's just a rootedness in what we believe that is going to strengthen you that isn't there to strengthen other families who are setting out to homeschool so I believe you're drawn to homeschooling because God is calling you to homeschool 
you hear God, you guys are awesome. I, I don't think it's just, you're not just looking inside the cultural framework and saying, oh, this is a better option. I think you have a call. You have a call to do it. And it is God who's giving you this rare gift of focused time with your children for the purpose of discipleship. He has a high calling for each of your children. He's providing you this opportunity now in their formative years to disciple your children to be elders in the body of Christ. So, and you'll need to realize um, the time you have with your children to accomplish this is very short. It's very, very short. Measure it in months, right? I personally believe as a discipler, a life coach, we use that term, right? A life coach, your focus in the first 12 years of your child's life is to lay down the solid, unshakable foundations of habits of mind and emotion and will. These critical life habits that will determine whether your child is going to reach their potential uh, in life or not. In those 12 years, and I'm saying that for a specific reason, 12 years, you have the grace from God to lay the foundations of character formation that are so solid that the remaining six years of the lives of these children that you have in your care, you know, supposing that at, at um, 18, you know, they're going to be moving on, but the, they, you have the ability to, to lay the foundation of character formation that's so solid that the remaining six years of their life with you can be focused on this bold pursuit and the activities, right, that put those habits and all that godly formation towards skillfully releasing the kingdom of God. You're going to lay the foundations in these 12 years. They have the habits, they have the character formation, and then you know, in those last six years that they're with you, they're going to be running a race with you, doing the doing, discipling these children how to change the world for, for Jesus with him, right? Um, in the Jewish rabbinical records, um, a boy was considered an adult at the age of 13. 13th birthday, adult. Think about Mary. She was a teenager. That We don't know how old she was. She could have been... 12, 13, maybe 14, 15, right? But she was a young teenager when God saw her as mature enough with the character and the wisdom and the, the ability to raise his son, right? I mean, she's, she's, there's, there's no such thing in God's kingdom as adolescence, right? And so I think there is in our culture, there's... Um, it so underestimates, our culture so underestimates the capacities of children to quickly put away childishness and move into the adult, adult sensitivities and abilities. We just prolong it like crazy, right? And so I'm just um, kind of putting forward to you that you have a high calling on your life. God has called you to do what you're doing with your children and add in this element to say this isn't about just having my kid be in his adolescence or her adolescence when they're 18 and leaving my house to go off to college. No, they're going to leave your house fully an adult ready to change the world. 
So 12 years is a very short time to lay unshakable foundations of habits and character in a child. Some of you are more than halfway there with your kids, right? <laughs> um, so it's good to evaluate progress all along the way of anything valuable you're trying to accomplish. So take some time this week, I would just recommend to you, and ask yourself, now, get your, get your bearings, how far your child has come in foundational habits and character formation at this point in their growth. Where is my child? How far? Where they need to be at the age of 12? How far along are they? Are the foundational habits um, and character traits that you can check off your list after five, six, seven, eight years of age, discipling your child so that they can move on? Are they, are they where they should be on that continuum? right or are you lagging behind because that's when you're going to be crying out for wisdom and going oh god i am not following on the path of the world right so good questions to ponder and talk about with your husband but think about that framework having that time framework in your mind will be so helpful for you the four additional years after that to the age of 18 when your child's most likely going to launch into college or into a specialized career of some kind right it's very short 216 months exactly <laughs> where you have this time with your child to help equip them now intellectually right in levels of, of wisdom that they can engage with toward walking in their identity as God's sent ones in a desperately needy world right those years are going to be aimed for that so my heart for this workshop is to help you catch this huge vision for parenting. It's a rare vision. And a huge vision, a unique vision for the value of homeschooling and what you're doing and how you're gonna go about it. And I wanna help empower you to be able to stay the course. It's not a given that you start and that you finish well. <laughs> um, and, and you do it by not striving in the flesh you can't sustain it but how you walk by the spirit to do it okay all right so we're gonna stop there just for a minute and and any questions any thoughts that you want to add in there do you have like um, a good place or maybe this is in notes somewhere about kind of what the expectations are of those have life habits to be formed at each age not at each age because I don't think it's age specific yeah. and that's why we have we, we have that character you know and your your ongoing list of character traits mm -hmm. because comprehensively what you're looking for is our, the goal of God sending his spirit for us to us in us is that we are conformed to Christ you're conformed to the image of Christ so it's sort of the whole ball of wax and the dynamic in your home and the personality of your child and, and, and the situation of your life and all of the opportunities that you can leverage are unique everywhere. And so where one child might need to be at, at the age of two working on patient waiting, other child is just so patiently waiting and needs to be working on you know, something completely different. So I don't see them as age related. And, and we've gone back, like in the parenting, if you recall, 
Um, my perspective that I shared with you is to say we're not going ages and stages. We're going stages of maturity. And it was really helpful that you introduced us to early on was the Bill St. Cyr stages of maturity yes. teaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, that's kind of loose as well, but he lays out more like kind of this is kind of generally in this age some of the things you're really looking to establish in the characters and habits of your child from zero to six and yes. from six to twelve and onward. So he goes through the stages of maturity of all of life yeah. all the way to the elder stage. Yeah. Um, and I found that really helpful in just providing like a like a like road a framework map. roadmap. Just go, okay, yeah, like these are, you know, return to joy. Yeah. Some of the ones from zero to six, peacefully accepting no. Yes, he does um, have a bit of that framework. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. I do think it's really that's a helpful kind of and then you can take some of the specifics, right, of what you're working on with your kid. Yeah. And I think you can kind of go, okay, this really, you know. So it's, it's in broad stages, like, yeah. you know, from, from a period to say, okay, this is what needs to be accomplished in the infancy stage. This right. is what we're talking about child so. and then, you know, uh, adult and parent and, and elder, right, right. Yeah. where we're going. So, yeah, that's very helpful. And he does have, by the way, you can you can go, I think, on his on their Flourish um, podcast. He has um, all the teachings that I just gave you that little snippet of, you know, in the midst of parenting, some of you, but they're all on the, on the audio, so yeah, you've all got like access to all of it. I think it's like a teaching. I think it's actually more than that. More? Yeah, okay. I saw more I, than I, that. I watched it on YouTube. This was years mm -hmm. ago. I, he's taught it multiple times, yeah. obviously, and that material comes in coordination with um, Jim Wilder, um, and uh, so they kind of work together on that. Okay, any more like thoughts? A, it's just more like a feeling of if that habit is sort of, like, because none of us are perfect at any of those things, right? That right. Generally, right. they accept no well or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, you're looking for growth on a continuum, but you're also looking to have, to not be so f contented to say, to stop working on something, right? Mm -hmm. And that we're going to look at that next, you know, for ourselves as well as for our children. Um, and we don't want to fall back. We don't, we don't want to go on two ends of a spectrum, like a pendulum. You want to stay in this healthy section because you can go towards perfectionism for yourself and your children. It'll blow you out of the water. You can also go with this sloppy view of parenting that says a little sin and a little ungodliness, a little unprofitable behavior. Isn't that common to all of us? What about God saying, be perfect as I am perfect? And there's, and, and sin at, for a two-year-old is the same as a sin for a 74-year-old. Um, selfishness is selfishness is selfishness, right? So we're working on, we're moving towards that, but we're doing it in the spirit and by the spirit and by grace and with supernatural power, not by striving and anxiety and all of that, right? That's a whole different way that we come at it. Do you have any feedback or thoughts for people that tend to swing towards perfectionism? <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, that's my, yeah. my weakness. We're gonna well, hold on that. to that because I'm yeah. gonna give you some tools I think to help you yeah. to, to work to for us to work through weaknesses, right? Okay, so pick up your um, your overarching perspectives for success and sustainability. All right. So we're we're gonna you can read through this on your own. The um, it's the over. 
the overarching perspectives for success oh, and sustainability. Oh, do you have an extra? You have an extra? Random extra things. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. This overarching perspectives for success and sustainability. So I'm going to highlight. You can read through this, and hopefully the thoughts will, um, you know, trigger some helpful things. But I, I'm going to um, start with um, talking about the plan. What I what I've tried to put down here are things that I think, if you grapple with them, can help you stay the course, right? Can help you succeed, can help homeschooling be sustainability. And then on the, on the second page over, I'm, I want to talk through some of the things that I have seen be the strongest takeout points that take the best people and just go, they can't do it. And it's so sad, right? All right, so first let's talk about this. Plan for personal growth because you're going to start with yourself. You're so critical to all of this. Your health, your your spiritual health, your emotional health, at every level, who you are is so um, critical here, right? So we're going to put the mask on ourselves in the airplane, right? <laughs> first, mm -hmm. before we can help anybody else. So plan for personal growth. So I have some comments just to make about that. Um, when you're planning inside your homeschooling, you've got curriculum, do I do this, do I that? The first plan you're gonna make is, how am I gonna be on a growth curve and a steady growth curve, right? So you're gonna commit yourself to walking out a process of your own personal transformation. There is nothing like having children and there's nothing like adding on to that homeschooling that will put you on your knees and make you work on your stuff if you really are conscientious and, and you wanna please God. Nothing like it. So you have this tremendous opportunity to just be leveraged into holiness <laughs> with the right motivations, right? Okay, so my the way that I verbalize that for myself is to say, I don't wanna be the same person today that I was yesterday. And I don't want to be the same person tomorrow or, you know, that I was today, right? That, that you're going from glory to glory. You're changing. Everything about you is getting better and better and more and more mature and more and more like Christ every day. So um, there's Philippians 2. It says, continue, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And this is a wonderful affirmation to just have. You're gonna get a little journal, I hope, and you're gonna have down, what am I gonna speak over myself, right? I mean, this thing is, God, I am gonna to continue to work out my salvation. I am continuing today to work out my salvation in fear and trembling. For it's God who works in me and he wills and acts in me in order to fill his good purposes. I am being carried by the wind of the Spirit into tra being transformed into Christ, right? That power is with me. So you know education is a life, right? And you know everything you are, everything you do, everything you communicate verbally um, and otherwise to your child is educating your child for life. You your, the essence of who you are is educating your child for life. Remember, you're teaching your child what to love. You're teaching your child what to value. You're teaching your child all of those things, right? 
So what does your child need in habit, character, belief to fulfill the destiny the Lord has for them? You're going to ask that question and then you're going to say, God, I'm going to become that, right? I'm going to be that. I'm going to model that. And nothing about my life is going to counteract that, act against that, fight against that, obscure that. So when you're thinking about what are your areas of growth, and we'll go into that um, in the life coach, sort of personal life coach plan, when you're trying to work through and, and have God point out your weaknesses, you're going to think about that, right? All right, so you're going to yield to the Lord at every point of personal correction he offers you, and he offers you correction through the written word, he offers you correction through rhema word. He speaks to you, and he's going to offer you correction through your husband and through your family and through your friends and people around that maybe you don't even want to honor their perspective. <laughs> but the fact is, if you're humble, right, and we've got some teaching on humbling in the parent coaching, so, you know, if you're walking in humility, that isn't going to threaten you. You're able to take correction an insight about correction from somebody that you don't even respect because somehow God says wisdom is going to cry out in the streets and it might not always cry out through somebody you want to receive it from. That's a good experience to have to be corrected by somebody you don't even respect, right? So you're going to be that humble and that pure. And God says, and you're going to drop all your defensiveness because your whole goal is just to run this race and, and become everything God has for you to become. So it says in Proverbs 3, 11 through 13, I, this is out of the Passion Translation. My child, when God speaks to you, never take his words lightly. These, take these verses and make affirmations. I am a woman who never takes God's words lightly. right? And never be upset when he corrects you. For the Father's discipline comes only from his passionate love and pleasure for you. Even when it seems like his correction is harsh, it's still better than any father on earth gives to his child. Those who find true wisdom obtain the tools for understanding, the proper way to live, for they will have a fountain of blessing pouring into their lives. And I just release that word over you now in Jesus' name. That is the word over you. Go to that word, hold on to it, declare it, decree it, right? So you know you don't have the right to parent your children based on what you can tolerate. And the parallel is true for you. You don't have the right to tolerate in yourself what God doesn't want you to tolerate, what isn't beneficial to your children, what isn't beneficial to your home, and this, this masterful plan that God has for you to be who you need to be and do what you need to do. You don't have the right to be defensive and to lock down and say, that's just, I've always been that way. You know, <laughs> um, I'm just a I'm just a quick-tempered person, or I'm just a disorganized person, or I'm just a perfectionist, or whatever it is. Right? You don't have the right. If you resist God changing you, most likely those unchanged areas in your life are going to blow you out of your ability to homeschool for the long haul. Right? They're takedowns. You can't sustain it because it's going to cause chaos in your home. All right. Another one that we can talk about here is um, the one that says, it's the third one down, talk through 
your routines, goals, habit formation, character trait development, etc., with your husband and decide together how you will be in unified, uh, be unified and approach in specific ways. Be stronger together than you are apart in your approach to parenting. Okay, that part is critical. Um, I'm just going to make a couple of comments here. That says it very clearly. W work this through so that you're, you're working together on what your priorities are. We've talked about that in parenting, how you, you're doing that together. Um, here's the bottom line of how I do marriage counseling. Be a really nice person to live with and your marriage will go well. <laughs> Pay me now. <laughs> I don't charge for anything. But honestly, that is the bottom line. Just be a really nice person to live with. Have a sense of humor. Major on the majors. Don't get so fussy about things that are not have no eternal value. You know, just adjust to how somebody else is. Just be a really nice person to live with. Be truly thankful for your husband every day. Don't get into this thing of saying every way he falls short and what he's not doing well. He'll feel it, he will sense it, and he'll just move back, right? You want a husband, everyone, these wives are saying, I want my husband to move in, I want him to be a part of it. I go, who's gonna come into a snake pit to be with you? <laughs> be a really nice, kind person and affirm everything wonderful about him. You guys have been gifted with incredible husbands. I know parents who were not, not women who wanted so desperately to homeschool and couldn't because their, their husbands just wouldn't tolerate it. They're going, no. And the bottom line was they were just going, you spend all that time with the kids. What about me, babe? You know, what about me? So we're going to talk a little bit about that maybe, you know, but over time that will come up. But the business of having fathers feel that you are affirming them in every way because they are participating in this, which is a rare deal in our culture. <laughs> and, and secondly, um, that, that you're going to be so moving forward out of your weaknesses into your strengths that your home is going to be an environment, even with all these new demands on you, you have the capacity to have your home be an environment where your husband feels loved and he sees things that are going well. He's the head of this home. Do you think he wants to be the head of a home that's going into chaos where he's continually, you know, because somehow, which will take us into the next one, um, uh, you know, that you, that um, the idea of, of not being able to plan and organize and execute enough that your house is always in chaos, not going to fly. So be truly thankful, truly thankful. And if you're not, get on your face and say, Holy Spirit, you need to help me see everything thankful. I put a little clicker. I tell you my clicker, a little clicker. I'm going to think of 10 things today I am thankful for, for this man. He comes home. He hasn't cheated on me once in 45 years. You know, He's, he, you know he cooks for me. He clean, you know, he just, click, click, click. Okay, 27, 29 tomorrow we're going on for thankfulness, okay? And laugh. Just laugh. At anything you can laugh at. Smile, lighten up about just about everything. That's marriage counseling 101 for me. <laughs> okay? All right. The end. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Be blessed. <laughs> All right. Number three. Plan to give your parenting homeschooling job 
and it's one hyphenated. I put a slash, forgive me, it should be a hyphen. Your parenting homeschooling job, the same, it's the second one down on the overarching perspectives. Plan to give your parenting homeschooling job the same or better conscientious planning and careful execution as you would a valuable, well-paid job. Some of you guys have worked, you know, high-level jobs, all of you, right? And and so think about this. I have it, it always amazes me when I would meet someone who has been an executive in Google or something, and a mom who is just coming apart, like at the seams, having a baby and and raising a child, and you know, going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going. That's who you are. Do it here. <laughs> what happened to you? Right? I mean, what happened to you? Did you just like give up your whole identity and decide now mothering, your whole image of mothering is pathetic? Pathetic, like pitiful, per- pitiful pearl. Oh my God, I'm so incapable. I'm like, come on, right? So give it the same, come into it with the same heart going, if I can do this for a job, you know, I can nurse, I can, you know, do all this, co- I, all of this stuff. This is like I, everything I've ever learned, bam, bam, bam. You know, this is the level of capability I have. I'm going to bring the same planning and execution to what I would do to a well-paying job. I would never, I, I would say to mom sometimes, you would never run an office the way you're running your home. Excuse me very much. You know, what time do you show up for work? How about showing up for breakfast, right? I mean, what, what do you do with your staff? Do you have absolute chaos with the people? What are you doing with your children? You know, bring the same level of expertise to what you're doing in your home with your children that you would to the best, highest career um, action that you would take. Unfortunately, you can't fire children. <laughs> you can't fire children. No. But you can get them in. You can help them so that you want to be with them all the time. Yeah, you're fired. You're done. <laughs> Don't reapply. I'm giving you a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's all that I'm going to... Oh, and then the other thing, would you add on here, which I didn't add, and it was Leia on the online call who came up with this, and she said, one of the sustainability factors here is celebrate something every day. Mm-hmm. So let me just add this comment. You're going to get to bed every night, and you're going to think back through your day. The first thing you're going to think about is what you have to celebrate. And you may, let me give you the hint. I'll give you the worst possible scenario. You had the worst day of your life. You were the least effective mother. Your children did everything wrong. They humiliated you by throwing a temper tantrum in front of the person you wanted to impress most. I mean, whatever. Just pick your scenario, right? The worst scenario, you're going to fall in bed and you're going to celebrate the fact of what you learned out of that horrible debacle. I learned that I'm not going to micromanage, microevaluate how I'm doing as a mom. This was a shitty day, but look at me. I can sleep just fine because tomorrow's a new day and we're moving on. And I learned a lot about how this is not going to happen again, right? Celebrate, 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 okay? So add that on there. That's sustainability. Okay, and then um, I want want you to turn the page on, on this document, okay? Um, so here are the typical takeout points. I want to start us here, and then we'll get we'll get into the organization thing. But so, number one, um, I'm going to start in a different order than this is. So look under sloppy parenting. 
based on what you can tolerate. <laughs> this will perpetuate poor behavior in your children and poor behavior in your children is gonna lead to burnout and lead to your not wanting to be with your children and lead to your daydreaming about how you've gotta get away and how you've gotta get out and how you need more and more help from your husband who, by the way, is not giving me enough and what is, you know, does he not know what I'm going through? I mean, it's like this downward spiral. If you are not becoming daily a better parent today than you were yesterday and a better one tomorrow than you are today so that you are moving from glory to glory in your parenting, and, and able to have children who are delightful to be with in increasing ways that strengthen you, where you go, yeah, I'm tired, I'm physically tired, but you know what? I'm so emotionally satisfied because I see my kids going from glory to glory. I see this is a good road I'm on. That gives you strength for sustainability. Fighting and kicking against chaos in your home poorly behaved children who are disrespectful, who are out of control, who can't, don't have any routines that, you know, that they can do without thinking about them. All the things you've been learning in parent coaching, you need, now's the time, get it down, right? And get it down better every day that you're moving along. So, um, I want you to look at that. For First of all, I'm just recommending that during this time when you're starting to homeschool, you've now got the website, that you've got easy access to all the audios, and I would highly recommend that you just start with number one, set one, and work your way through set three, and now I'm gonna be putting out some additional ones that will be going on from there. But I would just say, you know, just put it on, and, and you've got it on Spotify, you've got whatever, and just start listening again when you went through that the first time some of you just went through one session or you know even two but when you start to go through them all each time you go through them you're going to get a deeper level of revelation for how to apply and and the level of wisdom that's available to you there so i recommend that for you during this season as you're starting out kind of you know in a more intense way no, and now i want that we are a group of moms who have the same foundations you know, the, so we can talk the same language. This is the beauty about the LOE tribe, is that you don't have to dance around other perspectives and kind of go, hey, we've all sort of locked in these principles and these belief systems, and so we can just move on from here and not have to explain ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, so when you, in the midst of parent coaching, um, we talked about these quick fixes. I just, I gave you this sheet again um, because this is what you need to be looking through when I talk about saying sloppy parenting um, can just get you to burnout. You're just eventually going to decide this is too lousy. And you'll either be one of those people who will jump ship or you'll stay the course and hate your life and your husband will hate you because who wants to live, the scripture says, who wants to live with a bitchy wife? Doesn't quite use that word. That's my paraphrase. <laughs> but you will be one if your children if you don't have parenting down. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so the, this is kind of the list that I say is what can, if you just master these things, everything will be so much sweeter in your life. And you can move on to get the other things done. And so re go over this. If you have any questions about doing this, you're going to be re-listening, I hope, to the, to the parenting 
audios just to make sure you're you're moving forward and you're doing the doing right it's going to be so helpful to you and then in here if you have any questions we'll talk about them but we won't do it today and what I want to offer you and I call this a workshop accountability and support workshop um, this is only if it will be helpful to you nobody needs anything else to do so if this will be helpful for you this is what I can offer to you the Tuesday night brilliance call that goes from 7:15 to 8:30, right after that call at 8 30 for those of you who are in the accountability who want to enter into some level of support and accountability you may not need it do not feel compelled <laughs> for those of you who want to right that after that call from 8 30 to 9 30 i'll keep that hour open for any of you or all of you who want to come in and start talking through hey i can't make this routine happen in my house or this is where i'm falling or this is a weakness or and and how we can brainstorm i can pray for you you know and and i'll offer to be your accountability partner for this first half from august or whenever you start through December, I will be offered to be your personal accountability partner. And what that involves is you see um, the planning. If you want to use these planning documents that I've given you, which can be just a catalyst for you, just a catalyst, you're gonna reshape them, make them your own. I just wanted to give you something to start with, right? You're gonna personalize them. But th what needs to happen with these is that you need to have, you'll see, I'm putting down here, what is the date on your calendar that is written down that you, this is the day I do my planning. I do it this time on a Tuesday, it's from this time to this time, and my alternate day is, if something hits the fan and I can't do it, I've got my date, I've got for planning, I've got my alternate. And you're just gonna send off to me once a week on a Friday, let me know what day you're gonna send it to me. Just send off to me and say, planning plan got planning done this is done check 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 it's like going to the gym and agreeing that you're going to work out but sometimes you can cut yourself so much slack if it's just you going to the gym mm -hmm. i remember when ben and i were meeting at the gym at 6 30 in the morning and i'm thinking what am i doing right <laughs> it was such a wonderful time i was so healthy but i got there because my son got there and he got there because i got there right so just having it at your back going, oh my gosh, Jan is waiting for this. You know, she's watching. Is my planning done, right? Just that little thing, not out of legalism, but just to spur you on, okay? So you're going to go over these quick fixes. You've got the Tuesday night opportunity. You've got the opportunity for some other accountability. So then also on the, on the second um, sheet of that, the first series of parent coaching provided you with principles and tools so that you those of you who are in that session i just came in and i just said look if you've gone through the first session and you're now in the second session these things should be nailed i mean you've nailed it right and i remember going through this list there i said just take a pen and and so one is um i i've nailed it you know two is Oh, well, sort of, or, you know, maybe I had the, the thing the other way. And then three is, and it went down from there, and like, ah. Uh, so would you go back over these things? These are the kinds of things, again, you can bring up at that Tuesday night time and just go, how do I nail these things? You know, get me back to where I can nail these things. So life is actually a joy in my house, right? Okay. On, uh, 
Yeah, in August. When you when you're gonna start up, you know, let's 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 leave our summer go and we're gonna start in August. Everybody kind of pick a time and we'll we'll launch it. Okay. Um, the next one I want to hit on the takeout points is disorganization and um, a make it up on the fly lifestyle. So you don't keep your planning times. You don't fill out your sheets. You know, you don't. You're not. You're you're theoretically working on your stuff. You're um, you're thinking you're working on your whatever, and you're not. So I want you to see the take out now the master plan document. Yeah, take it nice and loud. So, um, when you stop comparison based on what you can tolerate, so what if, like, your husband theoretically believes this, but he just has different toleration levels? And, like, does it still make sense to just do your spit of it? Yes, oh, but okay. I can tell you your husbands are all capable of joining in on, on principles. What they don't have is the understanding yet. And the way to work on that is together to brainstorm and say, here is what we're looking for for our child. This is a destiny call on their life. Let's look at one area, and now let's run it through a prism. Do you remember that, that concept of run it through a prism? If you, if you listened to that series, maybe you weren't in it. But So you're going to take anything. You're going to say, <clears throat> what does it take for patient waiting? Or why? Why even? Remember that when we got our character traits, and I said, you're gonna ask four questions. What character traits are necessary for a, for a person to have an intimate, powerful relationship with God? What character traits are necessary to become and be the best possible husband or wife in a marriage, to have an excellent marriage? What quality traits are necessary to be the best employee or employer, someone in the workforce, right? What quality traits are required for someone to be an excellent citizen so that our country, you know, God can, can take over our country, right? What are those? And you're looking at those, right? Revisit those things. And then once you get your qualities, your character traits down, then you're gonna look at your children and say, honey, where do we see these? Where are the ones that are the strong points? Where are the weak points in Isaiah? You know, in, in um, you know, our, our, our children, right? And then we can say, with that character trait, let's run that through a prism. Or let's run this behavior through a prism. A child who is, the, a father just goes, doesn't bother me if they whine. Let them whine, I don't wanna pay attention to them. You know, I'm busy. If they're bleeding from an artery, I'll take care of it, but don't call me unless there's blood on the rug, right? You know, that might be you, that might be your husband, right? But now we can just gently, bright-faced, lovely, humbly come and talk with our husbands and say, honey, if we run that behavior through a prism, what's going on with that whining? Entitlement mindset, selfishness, insensitivity to everybody around you. Go, oh my God, what kind of a husband is he gonna be? <laughs> What kind of a person, you know, how can he relate to God if it's all about him, you know? Or what about, you know, saying, okay, he, he doesn't peacefully receive, no. You go, okay, let's run this through a prism. What does he need to actually have an intimate relationship with God? God is telling us yes and no all the time, you know? 
And so if he can't peacefully receive no and he does this, we're now putting this roadblock between our son and intimacy with God. Oh, my Lord. That just raised the ante. So now if they see, it's like Charlotte Mason's statement where she said, if a mother sees something that is a life robber for her child, take off her arms and her legs. She'll do whatever it takes to, to get that child through, right? But you have to have that high vision to be, have enough oomph behind you to pay the cost of change and inconvenience and sacrifice. And so I just look at that and go, he's a good man. He just needs a higher vision for what's at stake here. He doesn't get it. And so gently, you, together, you can begin learning what's at stake in these simple behaviors. Charlotte Mason saying, you know, okay, you have, you have an action, it's a habit, you know, you have a habit, you have a character, you have a character, you have a life, you know, I mean, you're just, it just, hey, it's not a small thing, these, these things. And they just don't understand it, that's why. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so look at the master plan. Um, well, actually, where, wait, I wanted to do one other thing. Oh, let's, let's go back here. I want, I want to stay in a bit of an order here. Go back, we're going to go back under the sloppy parenting thing. I gave you the quick fixes. And then I want you to also look at the intentional parenting one, number seven, I think it is. No, six, okay? And, and you have your character traits there, right? But um, so if this intentional planning, now this, this is intentional parenting. So one of the ways to make sure you've nailed things and you are um, able to maximize the effectiveness of your parenting is to think strategically and intentionally parent. It's this one? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So what I had suggested to you is you begin to train yourself to think like this. You are always on duty with your children. You are the life coach. You are the master life coach. So what you're looking to do in your parenting when we're talking about how do you get this child from birth to 12 to be an adult? You know, <laughs> to be an adult male, to be a Mary who could, who could be God's servant at the age of 12, 13, or 14. How do you get your children there? I mean, there's this beautiful scripture that says, may your son be mature, be as mature as a full-grown tree in his youth, and may your daughters be pillars in the house of God. And I go, that's children. I'm going, yeah, man, you know, pick that verse, right? So how do we do that? It means that you're going to be leveraging in a right way all of your experiences of life. With your child, you're going to see everything as teaching ground, coaching ground. That's your job. I'm master life coach, right? So I'm going to write down what are my home activities? What are the things I do, right? Um, this you're going to, you can make copies of it. You can shift it however you want, but this will get you started. So what are my basic home activities? What are the routines I'm going to be establishing? We'll talk about that. What are, um, what are we going to be doing in our home today? We're going to be doing this craft that I want to be doing. Um, we're going to be working on getting dinner ready. We're going to be, you know, whatever the, the job we're in, I'm going to be painting the kitchen, right? Whatever the activities are. What character traits and behavioral habits can I train? How can I leverage all the activities today uh, to have them serve my goals for how I am building up my child um, in character and habit formation. How am I gonna let, you can write that word right at the top, how I'm gonna leverage 
everything that's going on today for the good of my child. And then you're gonna do the same thing for what people are we gonna to relate to? This is the week of such and such, or you can do it by day or you can do it by week. What people is my, are we gonna be relating to? We're gonna go see grandma, um, we're gonna be relating to the clerk at the grocery store, we're gonna be going to the park and meeting some friends, and there's gonna be this adult, and there's gonna be these children. Um, we're gonna go talk to our neighbor and do this, that, and the other thing. Um, we're gonna, whatever. So you're gonna, what character traits can I leverage now in these relationships? We're going to grandma's house. Great time to work on. Grandma, grandma can I touch this? right beautiful beautiful opportunity we're gonna go over to um, a friend's house beautiful opportunity mommy can I touch this you know um, or, or whatever it is or, you know or the patient waiting or the practicing of saying thank you and hello and the greetings and the eye contact whatever your character traits are right it might be being able to um, leave peacefully an environment where ordinarily they've been testy and sulky and scowly, right? Okay, great opportunity for life training here. I can pre-train. You're going to go back to all your tech, your uh, tools. I can pre-train. I can train. We can go through. I can do a redo. I, you know, how am I going to get at it? So it says, what character traits and habits of formation, and how am I going to work it with this child? And it may be that you want to do this a sheet like this or draw your little lines and say this is for Ellie this is for Jossie you know this is for Ariel this is what and how I'm gonna do it and leverage these circumstances and you're gonna do the same thing for places you're gonna go we're going to the grocery store today okay great opportunity I'm gonna leave early we're gonna pre-train we're going in the grocery store this is how it's gonna be we're gonna pass by the gum are we gonna say mommy I gotta have gum mommy I want to have the gum uh, let's practice before we even go in like okay or you just say you know what we're gonna take a trip to the grocery store the day before I'm gonna go grocery shopping and we're gonna do the dry run of how this is gonna be a beautiful trip to the grocery store and come out dry run pretending to do everything well done exactly right sweet pea that's what we're gonna do tomorrow you go to the grocery store and you say Haha, here we are we're gonna have a great time gonna go well right and you go through okay so you're you're just looking at your life and saying if if my job from God is to be the best possible life coach for this child what would I be doing and how will I be doing it and make your plan and work it all right so this is a grand tool for you all right <laughs> go to the grocery store in four five months. When you actually see a person. <laughs> Six months when you get to go into Trader <laughs> Remember this. Okay. So you have your you're working off your character traits, right? Okay, go ahead. Oh, so I have a question. Um so what if um I'm focusing on a particular trait for like, you know, like two weeks or so? Should I then focus my uh, my plan just on that trait because I think sometimes if I have too many things going on it gets kind of overwhelming like what is your recommendation because I can see that there's so many traits that I can be working on at the same yeah. time but at the same time I'm that's where you pray you. you just pray and you talk with your husband and you say what do we work on one two maybe we've got three things because you know we can weave those all together and honestly you you get to be more artful and the more your child nails 
the more, it's like to him who has more shall be given. You know, you have the capacity to work on more once the foundational things are really locked in. And so now you go, okay, it, it just flows. You'll just start to see that it flows, but start out with what you can handle. Pray and say, God, what is it that you want? You're the master father. I'm deputized by you to father in your name and in your way. What is it that you see in my child that you want to be working on? And how can I help you? And God will tell you, right? I mean, you ask it that way. I'm doing this. You're the father. I'm the deputized mother, father. What is it you want to be working on with, with Maddie? And how can I help you? Beautiful prayer, right? Okay. All right. So, um... Let's go on to um, this life. Uh, let me just think of it for a minute how I want to do this. All right, we're gonna. I'm just gonna mention these, and then we'll go on to some other things. So I want um, to to look at these. Stalling out in your intimacy with the Lord. We're still on that back page of here. Are the typical takeouts. You're gonna, if you stall out in your intimacy with the Lord, you're done for. Because you're not doing this as a secularist. You're doing this because you carry Christ in you and God the Father is parenting your child. If you lose that, you're done for, right? So you're gonna work in your own master plan as a life coach. How am I gonna maintain, not just maintain, but, but go so far forward from day to day. I'm going glory to glory in my own intimacy with God my own ability to pray the word, my own ability to use and grab hold of the power of the word over my own life and my children, how I walk by the spirit, right? That's a big one. Um, don't lose your sense of humor. We've talked about that. Um, requiring perfection of yourself. Here we go, Steph, right? Of yourself, of your husband, of your children. You're going to rework your own personal plan and schedule and... and um, realize that when you do that i guess i guess it's the business of embracing process as success if we look at the outcome as our evaluative tool we will always be a day late and a dollar short you'll always find i don't care if you have the greatest success in the world there'll be something that your perfectionist heart will will glean onto and that's the thing you'll mope about right so what the, uh, when you get on, let, let look over here at your life coach formation plan. It's number two. And it says personal life coach formation plan. Here's the month, here's the week. And then I want you to add on there, it didn't get on your sheet. I thought about it last night and added to my own docs. Um, date to connect with accountability partner on these documents. Write that underneath any date. Just say date to connect with your accountability partner. But here's what I... I, to get you started planning. My life coach confirmation plan, um, formation plan is how I'm gonna grow and be better tomorrow than I am today. So for this month or this week, whatever, what are the scriptures that I am gonna be leaning on and receiving power from over my own life, right? It might be, Steph, if there's scriptures on judge not that you be not judged and you know there might be those scriptures just ask the holy spirit lead me into truth you're all the word of god is breathed out by god 
and it is for teaching and for correction and for reproof and for you know empowerment so find your scriptures with the holy spirit what are you going to lean on because that's where your power of transformation is going to come coming into agreement right and what are the decrees that you're going to be making this is for you now what are the decrees you're going to be making over your own life i am a woman who embraces process I see success everywhere in my husband, myself, and my children because we are in process and we are yielded to the Lord. I mean, whatever your, get your scriptures, get your affirmations down in your decrees. You're going to seek wise counsel from key individuals and books, right? For And now, key questions to ask myself. Um, cons- now, I, um, I added these. So you can add this on your form. Consider, after ask key questions to ask myself, Consider working these questions through drawing from your husband's helpful insights. Would you write that down? And then the first one, I'm asking myself, what ungodly, please after that put unprofitable? Because sometimes ungodly goes, hey, well, I haven't committed adultery. (laughs) What else is ungodly here? Okay, I haven't taken the Lord's name in vain. Okay, I'm okay. Next question. So would you just put down uh, unprofitable above that? You can even cross out ungodly if you want to, but use a word that helps you get out what you need to. So what unprofitable behaviors and attitudes do I tend to tolerate in myself? Okay. I can tolerate my child saying, mommy, 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 and keeping talking to my friend, right? That I can do that. Is that good for my kid? not okay to tolerate that right so i'm going to write down those things what is my plan to shift from what i can tolerate to what is profitable and wise right i'm going to do this trigger you know maybe i take my wedding ring and i put it on my other hand but it's going to remind me that when i hear mommy i'm going to do swivel head the way i'm expecting my child to do to pay attention when i say maddie their head turns when they say mommy my head turns right um, so you've got your, your, you're making your plan. What unprofitable behaviors and attitudes do I tend to tolerate in my child? Right? And you're working this out with your husband, so maybe you'll both have your plan. What's my plan to shift from that? And then, now you go to that second page. What character qualities and habits in me need strengthening this week? So when I talk about kind of checking in with your accountability partner, you're just going to be saying, you don't even have to necessarily share with me or whoever you have or whatever, but you're just going to say, I've got my list, <laughs> you know, made out my list for this week, this month, right? I know the qualities and habits I'm working on. And then if you want to share and say, this is what it is, pray for me there, here. Or here's a scripture I'm claiming over myself, come into agreement with me here, right? So what qualities, character qualities and habits in me need strengthening this week? Staying in a life coach mode. So I'm not reactive and I'm initiating all the time. Initiating rather than react. Intentional planning. Bright, being bright-faced. Peaceful core. Joy. Laughter. Thankfulness. High view of parenting. Joyful sacrifice. Joyful servanthood. Growth mindset. Comfortable with process. Emotional stability. Kind and respectful voice. Words. Other. You're just going to write down what are, are my weaknesses, the character traits that I need to be working on. And then, do I cut myself slack to talk to my child in a voice with words or facial expressions or demeanor that I would not use with my husband, friends, or adult family? That, would you star that one? 
that is an abuse of parents that is such an such an affront to your parenting philosophy this child is born a person and if you would not walk into your boss at work and have that face with that tone of voice and that body language don't use it towards your child thank you very much right don't give them that snippy little side glance and that, you know, you would not do that with any other human being. So if that is something, what's my plan to break this habit? How am I going to monitor my voice? How am I going to monitor? I'm going to ask my husband, you know, honey, anytime you see that voice expressing this attitude or this facial expression or this body language used with my children, will you tell me? Just go, there it is, sweetie. Right? Thank you for helping me. Okay, where might I most be, be most challenged this week? And you're going to note it. And would you add one here? Double tasking during school hour time, school time. So let me go back here about um, just to, to focus in on that. Um, I have it down here. Um, and, and that back page of takeout points, thinking you can double task during your homeschool hours. I, I was the major offender of this and it took such a toll on my children and the quality of education that I could have given them. I mean, this, this one thing is probably one of my deepest regrets that I, I did not have anybody to say to me, Lord, that's not an excuse and I'm sorry I said that. I did not hold myself accountable to this. I am a double tasker, I think on 27 lines at once, which is why I lose my train of thought. <laughs> I, I've actually gone to a doctor and said, could you just give me something that would allow me to think one thought at a time? <laughs> he couldn't do it. Okay, so double tasking, meaning your child is now doing one, you know, two beautiful A's in their manuscript book, just enough time for me to switch the laundry. No, it's not sit there and be at peace and let your child and watch and pray and use it as a med think of it as a contemplative moment right don't go okay they're out to play you know they've got they've got a 10 minute break outside just time to call my mom just time to make this appointment whatever no i i can't tell you please try not to fall into that trap number one you'll start to feel so agitated in your soul like you're running against the clock all the time that you are going to project that to your child and they're going to hate being with you not good to be me here with you antsy lady right so these are the hours you have set this is your focus think about it would you do that at work excuse me boss i've got five minutes i'll do my laundry i'll be right back you wouldn't do it to anybody else don't do it to your children um there, yeah. there was a speaker who said that, like, when you start this, and some people might not want to do this, but the speaker said that she actually shared with her family that we're going to be schooling in between these hours. And yeah. So I might, I'm not going to be able to answer this. Absolutely. Turn that was really helpful. Oh, so yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. You know what? I never could find the discipline to turn the phone off, to turn the ringer off on the phone. Shut your phone turn off your landline turn the ringer off and put a little note somewhere so you remember to turn it back on otherwise you go I can't turn it off because i won't remember i go give me a break can you remember anything else put a note on your mirror right turn your phone back on but turn your phone off and you are not accessible to anybody else would you have your phone on and be accessible at your job 
Oh, excuse me, I have a call from my mother. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, you know, oh, this is a dentist calling. I mean, you'd never do it. You couldn't do it at work. You couldn't do it anywhere else. Your children, look, think of the job that you are called to do. This is more valuable than Google and Apple's agenda for and your life. And they'll give you feedback, too, on it. Like, there's, there was a time when he was like, Mom, I just need you to be with me. Like, stop checking your messages. Yeah, so was, yeah. Like, I heard it straight from her, like, how, how insignificant. It made her feel. feel. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's horrible. It's so demeaning. Okay, so that's a huge one. Um, and probably under there, you know, on the personal weaknesses part that you're working through. Okay. Balance, um, um, yes. The, talking to your child, like we have the quick fix of eyes. Like I would never say eyes <laughs> to somebody else, but, <laughs> but it is something we can do. You're yeah. not going to have to say that forever, yeah. but you would say to a trainee and an office, yeah. you would say, you know, click here, point there, do this. I mean, you're going to give them the triggers that get them to where now they have the habit and they've conquered that and you don't have to say it anymore. So with young children, it really helps to do that. And, and it helps me, for me, it helps me accountable with my grandkids to go, this is what I'm expecting of you, right? I've never, I've watched, I've never seen with my grandkids having them resent me doing that. As long as I'm bright faced and I'm nice to look at when they turn their eyes to me. If I'm like this, I'm going, don't you, you know, like, who wants to look at this woman who's going to tell me something I don't want to hear? Um, so it's that bright face, and it's just, hi, sweetie. Exactly right. Now, Grandma says, you know. So it, you're using it initially. So it isn't so much the instructive kinds of things. You're going to use instructions with children that are applicable for where they are in their maturity level and their skill level. It's more the voice you say, you know, you'd go, eyes, you know, or eyes. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's the tone of voice that you're yeah. using. Or you're just going, would you wait a minute? You know, I told you I'm busy. Mommy's on the phone. You know, it's that kind of thing. You go, excuse me, put that on your weakness sheet. <laughs> How are you going to conquer that? And you can politely say to someone, sweetie, one minute, one minute, shh. <laughs> okay, so don't cut yourself slack in those things. All right, um, enough said there. Um... All right. All right, let's go on to this master plan. So the master plan is what I am just suggesting to you. It's number three. Um, you're going to put under there also date um, that I'm going to connect with my accountability partner. Um, under, you've got this is the month, so this, this would be, say, August. And it's the week one through seven of August, right? Days one through seven. It's the first week of August. I do my planning on, here's your master plan. When is it that you are going to plan your week? And it needs to be done by a week. So when are you going to plan? And for how long do you think it's going to take you so you allot the right amount of time? And would you also add on there, and what's my backup date? That's my backup. If I can't do it on Sunday evening at from 7 to whatever, if I can't do it then, then it's going to be Sunday morning early or it's going to be this. But get your two times down and then don't cut yourself any more slack from that. You know, um, and, and now you've got your, your time to with your, your date with your accountability partner, meaning I'm going to let my accountability partner know on Fridays that I've 
gone through my master plan. I have my plan, right? I have a question there. We have started doing this with uh, my husband every Saturday morning. Uh-huh. And my concern is, well, it's not a concern. It's uh, just a doubt. Is it better to do it together? No, this, I'm recommending this for you. Okay. This I, is. I had the same feeling that yeah. you're more yourself and more efficient and more productive and even yeah. like clear headed if you do it together and maybe then just share. Or share. Compare. Do make your plan and then let your husband know what your plan is, even so he knows what work. Now you're not asking him to say, hey, I have got my life coach, um, my life coach plan here. Do you have your life coach plan? I could make one of these out for you. What weaknesses are you working on, dear? I filled it out for you. I filled it out for you, yeah. There's mine, there's yours. And you can, I'm your accountability partner, and you can report to me. We're meeting on Friday night. Friday night. And be sure to bring your worksheet. That's, yeah, this would be great. That's really important for you. That's really important for you. Okay, no, so I would recommend you do this by yourself. Now, other things you can plan together, you know, the activities when you're saying, what can we leverage? Hey, we're, we're going on a, we're going to drive down the coast, we're going to get here, we're going to go into Duarte's to eat or something. What can we be working on with our kids so we're all working on the same thing? Yeah. But to have him sit down and do this, or would, it, it'll be cross-purposes, I think. You're mostly in charge of this, so be who you are and, and do it your way. So, unless he's in charge of the meals, like in my house, you know, I'm a... I, I, I don't even know how to cook anything other than an egg. I broccoli haven't cooked in water. broccoli and water. That's what Ryan said. He said, oh, oh dad's gone. We're gonna have, he sent a text. He said, Ben, we're going to have broccoli and water. Dad's gone. And then he says to me, he goes, Mom, could you go to the freezer where the real food is? I said, this is a good time for us to fast, sweetie. We are so spiritual. We will pray and fast till daddy comes home. Okay. So meals planned and posted. Um, so see your meal plan doc. And if you look over here at number four, you're going to make out something like this. <clears throat> so over here with the meal plan, <clears throat> here's the month, here's the week. Um, and now there's a dot there that says planned, plan the children's participation. I have planned it. Check it off there if I plan the children's participation. All your days are here. You're going to have down breakfast. You know the menu, you're planning ahead. What's the menu? The kids know the menu. Nobody's saying, I don't want this for dinner. You go, well, this is the, what's for dinner. You're not making anybody else special food because they don't happen to like pork chops or they don't happen to like broccoli, right? We talk about in parenting, I can help you again, you know, so that your children are involved in some of the planning. You've got your vegetable lists, you've got your protein lists, you've got your whatever, and people get to choose some of their favorites. Okay, you get to choose yours on Tuesday. The vegetables are in charge of Tuesdays and whatever, and we'll write them down. Everybody's participating. <clears throat> but how are your children participating here? What are they doing? Where are they serving? Where are they cleaning? Where are they prepping? Um, all of that comes into the parent coaching. We can talk more about it, but this is your doc. And for snacks, if you're going to have snacks, and I don't recommend every child having snacks during the day, but if your child can handle that and it's okay, would you please consider having a specific time for snacks? This is the only time we snack. We're going to start our morning. We know our breakfast time is between um, 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Give yourself half-hour windows for things, right? So 7.30 and 8 o'clock is when we eat, so a reasonable time for snack would be 
10.30 in the morning because we're going to have lunch at 12 or whatever, right? And I know that's the snack time. We know what the snack is, and kids are not going, can I have this? Can I have that? You go, no. Snack on Monday is we're going to have celery sticks and hummus, or we're going to have, you know, uh, this, that, and the other thing. And we've got it down, and they know. It's even out on the counter, maybe covered up, right? So all of this, you say, well, takes out the spontaneity of life. No, it takes out the chaos. It takes and brings things down into a level of order where your energy can be spent working on character formation, working on the joy of being with your children, you know, building um, a, an environment in your home where most everything runs very smoothly. And then the few things that blow up that you have, you have the energy for, right? You're not gonna fall into reactiveness because you go, I've had it, I've argued over breakfast, I've argued over who set the table, I've argued over how long it took you to get your clothes on, I've argued over, you know, are we gonna sit down and do this now? I've argued over who lost what and didn't have it in the right place. No, none of that. Charlotte Mason, 90% of your life is gonna run like clockwork if you're parenting well and you're working on your planning and your training for routines and execution. That's gonna be your major thing. All right, back to your master plan. So you would let the kids maybe like plan one or two things here and there, but not like family plans. Yeah, I would, you know, when you're kid, I think it's fun for them, you know, and I, th I think it's fun to talk about nutrition with them. Like, oh my goodness, you know what's inside of green vegetables? This stuff that makes this grow and oh, Yes, wouldn't you love to have this thick hair and you know, whatever, like good teeth. Oh, we have to add that in there, right? And you can just start talking to them, B vitamins. I mean, they, they pick it up and they just start going, oh, B vitamins. You're going through the grocery store, you go, I wonder what's in bok choy. Well, I'll go home and check that out, right? I bet it's good for you. It's kind of green. I don't know, it's pale at the end. Maybe not so good. We'll see, right? And you just start talking through the whole nutrition thing. So then when they're planning the meals, you've got your set of vegetables and, you, and you're gonna put one thing down there that you've got your list of new ones we've never tried. Coyote, um, you know, bok choy, or um, maybe, you know, you haven't had what or whatever, right? Dandelion greens. And then you can have all this fun as part of your learning experience looking up, let's pick, find three recipes for dandelion greens and we'll choose, we'll work on those this month. We'll try one each week or four and figure out what's our favorite dandelion green. Then we're gonna make our, our favorite vegetable little folder or something where we can put in how to, how to choose, how to, to um, cook these vegetables, these new vegetables, right? And I did that with my grandkids when they did grand, grandma school. And, and, um, and I remember with Maddie who comes back, or, or, or Maddie or Ellie, I think and she comes back, Grandma, can we do those turnips with the chopped bacon in them? <laughs> yes, I love hearing you ask me that question. Bacon and vegetables are just made for each other. Yeah, I know. So you want to have the favorite. Little bit of bacon, lots of vegetables. Okay. All right, so. Like, how do you balance out, like, obviously, like, we have issues that things change, like, last minute, like, one of the vegetables has gone bad or yeah. we run out of this like how do you balance that with the kids being like oh we're, we're changing this around but then they don't expect like oh can we change this here and there like yeah because you need to plan in such a way that you have very few changes you need to be so on your game that chaos and randomness is so minimized they won't be infected with it 
right? Yeah. I mean, it will be the rarest exception to go, oh my gosh, we forgot to get the Swiss chard and last week's Swiss chard is rotten. Mm -hmm. And you just go, oh, how are we gonna, how are we gonna fix it so that doesn't happen again? Well, here's our list, here's our, you know, something. But that has to be the rarest of exceptions. So really, when I put down here, one of the things that will, one of the things that will take you out is chaos and, and this random having to shift because kids are not made for that and they, sh they shouldn't be expected to have to do that very often. It will happen, but it needs to be the rarest of exceptions. And so when that does happen, the light needs to go on your head and go, my problem, my problem. Would you point it out to them or just like yeah, no. go ahead and change the vegetables? No, if you're, if you're making it, so I, I think, I don't know if we should spend our time with this, but, but let's, let me just go on with, no, that's okay. Cause we can use it on a Tuesday night call anytime. But um, I think the children need to be involved in family work from the very earliest ages. All the work of the family that they can participate in, they do with you. They're not an altar alien in your house that is a guest to be served and where you jump to and do it all. From the very earliest ages, they need to be working with everyone else. Planning is work. So they're a part of the planning to the level that they can plan. Then they also know they can look at this meal list and if they're little, you can do little pictures, draw a funny picture and go, you know what, sweetie, this one's broccoli. <laughs> and just make it a green squiggle, right? So whatever, they can look at the menu and go, you know, this red one, that's steak, right? <laughs> they can't read. And so they look at the menu and they go, now what, here's your question, what needs to be on the table tonight for dinner for us to have these things, right? And so they're gonna know, we need the sharp knives if we're gonna have the steak, you know, versus we don't need a knife because we're having, um, something soup right and they can now be a part of thinking critically and what's going to be on the table for that meal and how it's going to be set and if something messes up rarely then you're going to go oh well this is a good time for us to learn how to problem solve that vegetable won't work for us what do you think we should do let's go check out what we have right or I guess we just do without. That will help me remember not to have it messed up next time, right? I mean, you're just teaching children problem-solving skills in the middle of it. But don't lose that leverage for life training, right? Don't make it all about, I'm just doing life. I'm just trying to get dinner on the table. I'm just, it's never just anything. It's all this beauty of we're working at strengthening the uh, life skills of this child, how they think, how they problem solve, how they flex, how they do all of this. I'm on duty as a life coach in everything. I'm not just doing my own thing, cranking it out 90% of the time. Right? All right, so you've got a date here that says, this, these little dots are for you to check off. Meals planned and posted, including snacks, check. Outings planned and posted, check. Subjects selected for the week, check. Filled in where, when, how planner. That's the intentional planner, check, and other, whatever you have to think. And so you've got your date, you've got it planned, and you go, I've done my planning. This is what I'm doing on Sunday night or whatever. My life coaching for my master planner. What's my character quality I'm working on for me? What's my habit formation? What's my specific goal? Um, and, or, or, excuse me, this one is not for you. This is for um, your children. And so you're working on, for your children, you can put, Jossie, I'm working on this. Ava, I'm working on that, right? Um, Amelia, here's the character trait I'm working on. Um, so it's this master plan one still, Amber. It's still that master plan one at the bottom. 
and then um, habit formation. What are the habit formations I'm working on? So I have this down. I'm going to have it down somewhat on my intentional planner, you know, that grid. But here's my last year list. I can just post this, right, on my refrigerator and walk by it and just go, okay, here's what I'm working on for everybody and where am I going to leverage that? I've got that worked out on my intentional planner. We're going to the park and I'm leveraging this and, you know, coming when you're called or coming back, come back or whatever, right? The specific behavioral goal, um, and it may be honestly just something so specific as when this child takes off their shoes, they are placed toes against the wall, right foot on the right side, left on the left side, they're, you know, they're placed and they're always there. That's what I'm working on. And then you go check, put a date by it and go, okay, if he ever slips up, we're going to go back like Charlotte Mason's teaching about the kid who remembered to close the door until he didn't remember to close the door. And then it went downhill because you let it slide. You're not going to do the sloppy parenting, right? You're going to jump right on it again. And now life skills put next to this family work. That's what I mean by life skills. So what family work are you teaching your child? I'm going to teach my child how to do the laundry. You know, how to put the soap in, how to fold clothes. I'm going to teach my child um, how to help me with the laundry while I'm spotting. They're going to button the buttons and zipper the zippers, you know, so they are in the right way of getting into the laundry. Whatever the life skill is, what are my, what's the family work I'm working on for each of the children, okay? All right, look at number five, your routines. How are we doing for time? 11. All right, 11.10, just about, huh? All right. Um, so routines to establish for daily rhythm and responsibilities. This is so critical. The vast majority of your life needs to be routines that are automatic and don't take thought and don't take your correcting. They will take your work and take your energy while you're training them and after that, you need to be able to consistently check off routines, right? My child, every time they come in, this is where their jacket goes. Every time they go in and out, this is where the shoes go. This is where the toys go. You're gonna have your routines for what children can play for. I, it, it, there really needs to be, let me just address this. You're, if you're gonna say, let's have my official start of my homeschooling August 15th, whatever your date is, you know, September 3rd. Before that, would you please give yourself a couple of weeks to go through and with and without your children, depending on what you're doing, get your house in order so that chaos is gone. Children's toys, there need to only be accessible toys that are a few that where a child you're so self-defeating to have a child be able to just go grab this out of their closet and grab that off a shelf and grab these books and grab that whatever. It's not okay. It will lead to, you're going to have to stand over there and say, did you see this mess? You know, there's dolls over here and Legos over here and, you know, this over there and that over there. Oh, my gosh. We have to get this cleaned up before Daddy comes home. Nobody wants to do that. You can't get in my garage. Tell me. Nobody wants to tackle a big job. It's chaos in that garage. <laughs> I go, I look at my mother and go, I'm not that chance I'm going to that garage to pick all that up. You do it, right? <laughs> so that's how a kid feels when they've been allowed to let everything get chaotic. That's your job as a life coach. Don't allow it to get chaotic. Organize the toys so they're out of reach. 
There's a few that are in reach, that's all. And then they, and label them so you don't forget they exist. <laughs> and and you, you know, you've got your little boxes there, then you can go, well, let's go see what maybe what you would like to play with now. We can choose this off. They come down, they're in little hands. I used to have, in the kids' rooms, I had Dick install these um, strips of wood that had little hangers off of them. And then I took the kids' toys and just made um, pull bags, you know, and so everything, and it had a label on the bag, you know, that was sewn in the bag. Okay, these are the toys that go with the firehouse. These are the whatever. And that's where they went back to. It was so simple for them. So then when they go to clean up, they just, you know, they knew exactly where it went. It hung there. They could take one off. They could hang it back. One idea. But the other idea is just figure out how to have them orderly and only have a few available, right? It will, it will help your training beautifully. It will help squabble, it will help everything. So um, get that down to routine. Figure out your routines here. What's your waking time frame? What is the time that you want your children awake in the morning? They wake up typically between six and seven. They wake up typically between seven and eight, whatever it is. What is the waking time frame and what is the routine before breakfast? If you're gonna be doing homeschooling, it's a really good idea to have your children's clothes, they lay out their clothes the night before. What's your routine? Children's clothes are laid out the night before, including everything they need. They can lay out in the bathroom what they need so that they can get things done quickly. Their toothbrush is out, the toothbrush is beside it. They know where the soap is, they know where the whatever is. Whatever they're gonna need is out. When they finish that part of the routine, it goes away. So you, you're training this, and it hap once you get it down, that's exactly what happens. You don't ever have to have some child come down without their, with their pajamas on, and now your whole day is skewed because it takes them another half an hour to do that, and you're feeling stressed because you go, gosh, we wanted to go here, and we wanted to do that, and now you're pushing, now you're reactive. Routines will help you to be your best self and help your child to be their best self. Get them down and get them down almost minutely in these early stages, okay? When they get dressed, if they, if, what are, where do the pajamas go? Do they know that they have a hamper to put those things in? Do they know how to fold them and how to put them under their pillow and make their bed, right? What are you expecting of them? They've got the routine down and that you've taught it to them bit by bit and it's mastered. What's your breakfast routine? My breakfast routine would be, <laughs> you've got your menu, the children know the night before they're gonna clear the table from dinner. Everybody's gonna put dishes in the dishwasher, wipe down the counter, wipe down the, the table. Everybody's gonna sweep. Everybody's got their job. They can change from week to week and they've got little brooms. I'm not in favor of the Maria Montessori thing of making, except for when it comes to hard work tools like a broom or a shovel then they need one that they can actually use their muscles on that matches there. So you can have broom and, and stuff that's their size, but they're gonna do that. So they've got, you've got that routine down, they know. And then for, for breakfast the night before, they're gonna look and say, it's oatmeal and English muffins or something, you know, oatmeal and fruit, right? And so they're gonna, you're gonna think, so what do, what do we need out? You know, so they can put the pot out, they know the pot size, they know where the oatmeal is, it's there, they put the spoon there, they put the measuring cup for the water. Look at what you're teaching your kids. And, and then they set the table. The placemats are out, 
what do we need? We don't need plates. Well, actually we need a bowl. We need a little plate for the muffin or a little, another extra little bowl for the fruit. And we don't need this and we don't need that. Yes, napkins are there, beautiful. And then we, we're heading to bed. So all that's done. They come down dressed. They, the stuff in the bathroom is still okay. You know, they're, they're coming down, their, their room is orderly. They come down, they have breakfast. And then they run back up and they're brushing their teeth. I recommend highly that you don't have multiple children doing the same task at the same time. They'll distract each other and you'll get frustrated. So one goes up to brush their teeth and the other one stays to help you clear off the table. When that's done, the other one goes up to brush their teeth because they've done it quickly and they come back down and the next one is helping you put things in the dishwasher. Get it down so that your children are not doing their prep stuff together necessarily because they distract each other and it will take much longer and they will think less clearly. They'll, they'll get distracted to go, oh, we should do this and play that. So it's, when can you expect your child not to be distracted by a sibling who's Yeah. Not for a long time. Okay. Unless, if they're in separate bedrooms, that helps. Most of the time that's not the case. You know, so though I would just have them doing whatever they need to do in the bedroom alone, unless you're in there with them together and you're somehow sitting there going, okay, so this needs to be done. And I, I just, I just need to send this little text to daddy. And so you're squatting on the floor, you know, cross-legged on the floor and you're helping them stay on track. You're the trigger to say, oh, I'm on a job here. Otherwise their distractibility and their desire is, do I really want to be making my bed? No. I don't. And so I would really like to just be wrestling with my sister. So I will. Right? So just don't give them the opportunity until they're really comfortable with the task that they can accomplish on their own. Or if they're together, you're there supervising. Okay, so you're going to do the same thing. This all makes sense. Your bedtime, what's your bedtime routine? What is the time frame um, for these things? And um, you can just, it all makes sense there. All right. You've got your character traits. Would you take, I used, I can't find it in our, our um, documents, but I had one of these that has character traits, the positive on one side and the negatives, counterparts are all printed on the other side. Do you have a copy of that? Yeah, you gave it out. Yeah, I can't find mine. Would you? Great, great. Um, so that really helps. You've got that to work off. All right, education is a life curriculum guide, number nine. Now, we are of the mindset in LOE of the better late than early mind, right? We are not into heavy structured academics. We are into vast amounts of learning in creative ways that don't, that aren't counterproductive because you're demanding a level of sophisticated structure from a child that will burn them out. If you ask too much of them in the sophisticated structure early on, they, by the time they're eight, and really they've reached that integrated maturity level and they're ready to deal with that level of, to add that level of discipline, physical discipline that, that high structure takes, they're ready about then, somewhere in there, right? But they will have burned out. They're just going, school again, another year, you know? Formality, sitting, structure, um, constriction on my life another year and and they they hate it right I see that I would see I think every child who comes into a school is 
brilliant. If they don't have brain damage or something else going on, they have, they are brilliant when they come in and they are just ruined by third grade because of now our academics in our public schools and private schools have, require so much formal structure that it absolutely kills joy of learning. It, it's just so counterproductive. So you're not gonna replicate that at home. Will you, with some children, and you have children of varying ages, your children, you will know a six-year-old, you'll know a seven-year-old, you'll know at that time, you know, five-year-old, what it is, if they're asking to do academics, usually little girls especially will say, oh, I want to write, right? I want, they love that. Little boys are going, can I take this pencil and stab a snail? <laughs> <laughs> Let me pierce it and see what happens, right? I mean, they're not into saying, give me a pencil and paper and I would love to write my alphabet. <laughs> I was just writing, how do I encourage Naino not to destroy certain things? Like, it's hard because, like, is that just something that they in, are interested in? Like, destroying. Bending, breaking. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk about that on parent coaching, but essentially you're going to give him, he's meant to ex execute dominion and power, and so you're going to give him all these ways to do it constructively. And then he's going to learn his borders to say, this, it's appropriate to really throw yourself at this and over here not so much <laughs> okay so this education is a life curriculum this is your first thing before you go to academics before you're searching out alviary or you're you know moving charlotte mason or ambleside online or doing your own curriculum guide this is what you're going to be making out to think through from this date to this date Here's my specific goal for spiritual growth now for my child. That's the top one you're responsible for for my child. Maybe it's that they really need to learn that worship isn't playtime, you know, at church. And, and so how am I going to do that? I'm going to have these old cloths, and they're going to be able to lie down, and they're going to be able to, to give them an image where they can picture. This is the time that you can picture yourself as a lamb, and Jesus has you lying by streams of living water right you're going to bring that imagery into them and they can be in that emotional and imagery space during the midst of worship or something maybe that's your goal what's the character growth that you're working on your habit formation this is your curriculum your curriculum guide for body motor skills now these are the things that i want to have workshops on um, when we talk about motor skills, we started it and then we weren't able to get back to it for a variety of reasons, but we did have a workshop on, on how do you bring your child into a relationship with numbers? How can, you, how can you do numbers without formality? We had several different categories of things, and I want us to go on and do that, but um, for motor skills. So you're going to have a little, uh, and it's going to be on the website, you know, where you're going to be able to get to these things, to be able to just go, hey. I don't have time to think about this. What can I be doing this week for motor skills for my child, right? Yes, we can be doing jump rope. Yes, we can be doing this, that, the other thing, right? We can be climbing a tree. We can, however, we're going to work on motor skills, grow spine motor skills. You'll just have a whole wealth of ideas to be able to draw from. Fine motor skills. What are my goals for my child's diet? I am so passionate about this, you guys. I am more passionate about this as every year goes by. Thus, the well-being I mean, we weren't planning to put any of this holistic part on the website, 
and I wasn't even supposed to be working on it. <laughs> I'll just keep bringing that up as time goes by, because <laughs> it's been a big shock to my system. <laughs> but anyway, it's worked out well, because it's just gotten broader all the time, right? So that whole well-being thing has on there areas, how do you refresh yourself, because you know, you gotta be strong. But this, this business of what about if God actually has designed the human body to live to 120 in prime health and then you exit, right? Yes, you age, yes, but you go down with grace and not with disease, debilitating, you know, disease. What if he did that? And what if you believed that? What would you be doing with your child now in terms of diet, and lifestyle choice, exercise habits, you know. I mean, I see children who, your children all start out extremely flexible. They're mm -hmm. look at this little baby. Where is she? That's my, what's that? <laughs> my child is going. <laughs> there she is. Um, <laughs> oh, she buried her in that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, but, but they're so flexible. But that stops at a certain point, right? So starting children very early with stretching, I just look and I go, I would never have had a back problem all my life if, if I had a lifestyle that I was trained in early in my life to have prevented all this disjointed stuff that's gone on in my body, right? I know, I mean, I was fed, and my, my great-grandparents, my great-grandma died when she was 93, right? And, and she was out of Germany, every German accent and all, but they, there weren't all the, the processed foods and things that we have now, right? And, um, but when it got time for me, our culture had gone crazy with boxed foods, processed foods, um, you know, all the different cereals, processed cereals, everything like that, right? My breakfast used to be white bread. I mean, this would be a treat. This would be the breakfast I would ask for. I would have some bacon, which, uh, you know, whatever. Okay, some bacon, but I would have white processed bread because everyone, it was brand new and everyone thought it was so great. And here's my grandma's wonderful whole wheat, heavy. You could like drop it on the floor and break a tile, you know? I mean, this, this really substantial brown bread, you know, that was so great, out the window and in the garbage pan. Fluffy wonder bread with margarine and white sugar on top. And I would have that with breakfast, right? So, but it's almost the same thing when we think about what we're, we're having our children do. And sugar and fat and, and all of that. And we do it with great glee. That's not okay, you know? We can't serve God when we're sick. <laughs> all right, you can go over that one. So what are, what are your goals for diet, exercise, sleep pattern for your children, hygiene, health, um, and social skills? This is your curriculum. Family relationships, friendships, caring for the needy. Where are you going to do that with intentionality? Multi-generational heart. How am I cultivating that in my child? These are your up to 12 years of age. You're cultivating these things, so these are absolutely locked in with your child. Multi-ethnic exposures. One of the things we're going to address, too, and, and I'll probably just do it with you guys first and then move on, but how do you raise... How do you raise children who are racist proofed. I don't think it's that hard. And, and um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. World awareness, multilingual. How are you gonna work on that as, as a value, right? Knowledge of family line and heritage. That is so important. 
for families. Um, and what are their life skills? That is your family work and your life skills outside of family and servanthood. So before you ever start getting down to the next one, which is your academic growth, would you put most of your energy on this curriculum? God will smile at you. <laughs> All right? Now, we get down to um, academic growth. Here's the list that are compatible. I went on and I was trying to find out for someone what they were saying, well, um, what about my child? If I have to put my child back in school, are they going to be behind? Are they going to be not able to mesh with what's going on? I said, all you have to do is go down to your school district and or call into your school district and say, um, can you give me your scope and sequence for second grade or for fourth grade or whatever? They have it there at your school district and they can give it to you. Okay, by fourth grade, your child is going to be working on this in math and then, then this in history and that. They have to give you this, the scope and the order, the sequence that they're going to handle it. And you can look at that, and if you look at that, you're going to go, my kid already knows that, and he's five. I mean, I'm telling you, I've d I did that so often with my kids when I was homeschooling them, and I'm, you're thinking, oh, insecure, insecure, and I'd go, you're teaching them that then? <laughs> I mean, we're not in trouble here at all, right? But... You're gonna, now, with academic growth, I went on that site for a couple of different districts to see what their, what their curriculum was, what they were teaching, what are the core subjects. I kept thinking, I've gotta not be reading this right. That's it? Those are the core subjects? And then I'm thinking, here's Charlotte Mason, and I'm looking over this and I'm going, if you just wanna discourage someone from public education versus Charlotte Mason, give them that list and give them this list and say, which would you like for your child, <laughs> right? So here, this is your academics. You're gonna be working on this with your young children primarily in more of, here's where you get to have that level of what looks like spontaneity and lack of structure. You know you're highly structured, your child doesn't. So now you get to, if you're a non-structured person, <laughs> you, you get to play in your world, right? Because you're going to just have your time frames where you go, okay, Bible is always going to be the first thing we're going to do. And then you're going to know what is it, your Bible, what you're doing for Bible, if you're going to do it Charlotte Mason's way, you're going to be doing, you know, systematic reading through the Bible. We can talk about all of this at another time. But you're going to have your plan for how you're going to do it. And then I'm also in favor of, of leveraging the beautiful power of the word that has to do with character formation and coming at um, Bible study with your children that helps you in the area of character that you're working on, right? Um, you, your nature study, your geography. So what I would like to do is to have workshops on these areas where we can get online and maybe we say it's you know 45 minutes or an hour, whoever wants to participate and I'll say, okay, so two of you together, okay, so Pauline and Antonia, I want you guys to research and think through in your own mind what are the foundational things that a child needs to do have to be strong in geography? I don't want you telling me what geography book you're going to use or, you know, that. I want you to tell me what does a child need to know. Run geography through a prism and start with they need to know right from left. They need to know forward and backward. <laughs> they need to know um, when the sun, where the sun rises and where the sun sets. They need to know orientation in space. They need to know observational skills. Okay, um, let's 
Let's draw a picture of your room. I don't even remember what's next to that dresser, do you, right? I mean, so you're teaching all of that. What's next to goes on to borders. What's bordering on this and what's bordering on that? What else do they need to know in geography? Run it through the prism and give me the skills because I can do those when we're in the park. I can do that when we're lying out under the stars and going, that wasn't there a month ago, right? Look at that, look how different the moon is tonight, right, kind of thing, and what does that have to do with, and you know, so geography, geology, all of that, you're gonna be teaching, but you have to know what they are so you can spontaneously, quotes, be integrating that into your child's learning sphere, right? You're gonna do that with all of these things. Okay, any questions because we are um, five minutes over, but we started five minutes late, so. I'm okay. All right. I want to pray over you, but I also want you to, if, if you have questions. So that, anyway, the bottom line is what I'm offering you is these as your catalyst of planning. Look over those. Would you pray over the points that I've said? These are your takeout. You know, beware of these. How are you going to counter those? The ones that I'm saying, sustain, you know, here, here's the ways that you can sustain and be strengthened. Hold yourself accountable to those right? Um, I'm offering you for support and accountability the hour after the Tuesday night call. So 8.30 to 9.30 is yours if you want it. Um, and, uh, and that I will be your accountability partner. If you want to just tell me your planning dates, when you're going to send me your checked off list and anything you want me to be praying about to say, or, you know, and you know, I'm available to you basically if you have an individual trouble thing where you go, I don't want to talk about this on the call, this is personal or this is whatever, you know, you have access to me for that because I love you. Okay. All right, anything else? I have a question and a concern uh, for Danielle because the difference between the girls is so big that they are basically like two yeah. students. Uh -huh. So, and I know she, I mean, I saw how she reacted during the isolation she started changing because she was not seeing other kids. It was, and, and it was proved that the first time she went out with other kids, she was back to herself and it was just two hours spending. It looks like they really need and they do different things when they're with other kids her age. So I was wondering, hmm, I don't want to, to put pressure on you by saying the PEC class, but I remember that mm -hmm. you said that yeah, I will help you. I will help you. If if any of you want to plan, you know how you're going to do something with your kids together. Um, I, you guys, you don't even need me. You guys are so sharp at all of that. But I will help you. Just stay like like point out and say, okay, that seems like a good idea, but you're violating this principle and that could backfire on you. I mean, I could be the one who just kind of helps you come along and say, here's a little course curricular you might want to consider this or consider that right but go ahead and put together those things it's the tribe is such a gift to you um, it's just the passion translation it's out of Ephesians and um, and I'm gonna read it to you and I'm gonna pray over you never doubt this is Ephesians 3:20. never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream 
and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release this word over these precious moms and over whosoever might listen to this, this uh, audio recording from our time together. Lord, I just release this word over these moms now and over these parents, the dads, over these families. I thank you that they will never doubt your almighty power to work in them and accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished. No good thing do you withhold from those who walk uprightly, who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, who are crying out for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment and sensitive, obedient hearts every day of their life. No good thing will you withhold from them. You will feed them until they're satisfied. You will give them living water until they're overflowing with it and it just pours out everywhere they go. You will achieve in them personally and through them to their children, to their husbands, to their spheres of influence, infinitely more than their greatest request. You will provide for them the most unbelievable dreams come true in their life. And you will exceed their wildest imagination in what you will do in them and accomplish through them. You will outdo everything that they have in mind and you'll do it by your miraculous power and you will constantly energize them. You will give them your, their strength. You will give them everything they need. Your power will energize them to do the doing. Thank you that you never leave them or forsake them. Thank you that you will be there all. Thank you that you are an orderly God. You had a plan. It said you planned to have Jesus be the Lamb of God before the foundation of the world. You're so organized. You're so orderly. You knew exactly how to create the world. You knew what happened on day one and day two and day three. Lord, you have all of that placed inside of them. You live inside of these moms now. You live inside of them with all that wisdom and orderliness and being able to say, I can run life through a prism and say they need to have this to get there. You've got it all and you will release it all. Jesus, you said, you sent the Spirit to dwell and live inside of them and that the Spirit would take everything of, of, of the Father and release it into them. So I thank you. You have made them adequate for every good work in parenting these children, in loving their husbands, in establishing homes in a dark world that are truly beacons of light that will show up in greater and greater measure in this darkening season that we're in until the world shifts and moves towards the light and they'll be part of what draws them. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name.